0: Oh, what the? <laughs> Fools!
1: You poor pathetic misguided creatures choking down your flaming moths all the time wondering how does he do it? Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> the secret ingredient is. Oh my, no! Cough syrup! Four-finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Figure Discount, proudly brought to you by The Simpsons Quotes That Nobody Gets Anymore, Facebook page, and nohomers.net. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Today we're here to review Flaming Moes, but before then, happy whacking day, everybody.
0: Happy whacking day. Oh, whacking day. Oh, whacking day. It's actually been a really long time since I've heard that song. I don't remember the exact way it goes. The only reason that I know it's whacking day is because we had a friend of because the show. woke up whacking slow? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Then fast. <laughs> uh, Rena Cuts is her name. Rena Louise Cut. She posted on the Facebook page the a picture of Wacking Day, saying Happy ha- Happy Waking Day, May tenth. And I was like, Really? Thank you, Rena. Did a bit of research, and yeah, apparently May tenth is Waking Day. So thank you, Rena, for good job for
0: researching it before posting it. If you were uni lad, you would have just thrown it straight out there. Before we get into today's
1: review of Flamingos, got to thank a couple of donors. Are uh, Andrew Petrie and Brad Jennings. Thank you guys. Thank you kindly for your donations this week. If you'd like to chuck a few dollars our way and get a shout out on the show, it's for au forward slash donate. Also, don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store. Uh, we've got a few more. I think we've 120-something reviews now, going very, very good. Ooh, okay,
0: I haven't checked that for a little while, we so that's de- good. We need to dedicate a whole episode to reading them all out. That would be one <laughs> very of boring. the most self-aggrandizing things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To have ever existed. We will give another quick shout-out. I mentioned on the podcast last time, but the link has actually gone up for this, for the cinemagens podcast that I guested on. Uh, I believe that went up on Friday, which would have been, I don't know, the 6th. Something around about that time of May. So, you can see that by heading over to lowrainpictures.com forward slash Cinema Gems. Uh, Cinema Gems episode number 33. Anybody want a four-finger discount? Oh, yeah. We got we got mentioned in the title. Yeah. So, uh, it was a fantastic time hanging out with the Admiral and Eric chatting about the Princess Bride. You remember his name now. I do now because I <laughs> re-listened to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if you guys just want to help support
1: the show, you don't have to donate. But the best way to support us besides giving us money, is by just spreading the word
0: about the show. Share our articles, share our podcast, tell all your friends that they're Simpsons fans, tell them about us. Yeah, I like it when we get messages saying I'd put a friend of mine onto you and then sometimes we get emails from people who said, my friend put me onto this and then sometimes we get emails back and this might be a little bit of a clue for what's going to be talked about later on in the show when someone says, hey, I put my friend onto this and then they emailed in and then I went, hey, that's my friend and now I'm emailing in. Really? That's a nice little circle of love here at Four Finger Discount. Awesome. Uh, What
1: were your thoughts on the episode after you watched it? When's the last time you watched it before now? A while back?
0: Um, Yeah, it would have been a a while. years for me. Yeah, I hadn't seen it on TV for a bit. No. uh, I mean, I'd forgotten how early it was, so I was excited that I was getting to sit down and watch it. Yeah. I'll be honest, when I was watching through, I found... I was like, oh, I don't know how much I've got that I'm going to be able to talk about through the episode. Like, it wasn't bad by any means, but there was nothing really happening below the surface of it. It's just, it's it's a very, very good episode. It's a, you know, Flaming Moses, one of the most memorable kind of Simpsons things that they ever did. The Cheers parody, all of that sort of stuff. Really funny from start to finish. But outside of me going, oh, yeah, that's really funny. and Oh, yeah, that's really funny. I don't know what I can bring to the table here well there were a few moments that i forgot were in this episode for example the
1: i'm making people happy i'm the magical man that that scene that lives on
0: lollipop Lane.
1: everyone knows that scene but yep. get to ask me where is it from no idea yeah that's yeah. fair a few things in the episode too that a few gags i never knew existed i think a few adult based jokes okay the episode that obviously as a kid didn't really get yep I did like, too, that it was the first um, Moe-centric episode that we reviewed so far. Yeah, It was the first true. real insight into the character of
0: Moe. Into the background of him, yeah, more than just what he's like at the bar. It's funny you mentioned the things that you didn't remember were in there. The slumber party. I'd ne- like, again, yeah. I wouldn't have necessarily connected that to my- the Flaming Moes in my head. Well, I'd completely forgotten why Homer showed Moe the okay. Flaming Moe. yeah. Then it's
1: because Moe runs out of beer. Yeah. And at the end, as well... I don't know whether I ever realised
0: this, that Homer actually screwed himself out of money. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. As a kid, that might be something that you would have glossed over a little bit.
1: I think that's because Homer doesn't seem to... It's like Mo never told him. Because Homer never seems to be dwelling on it at the end. He goes, "Oh, sorry I screwed you out of all that money, Mo."
0: Yeah, that's true. He's
1: not really feeling like he screwed himself out of money as well. Out of money, well. yeah. So, if you're a kid, and unless they sort of throw it in your face, Homer screwed himself as well. That's probably why he never understood it. Yeah, that's true. It's just little little elements like that, that I've completely
0: forgotten about. I never realized that Aerosmith were the first band to be in the show as well. No, no, I mean, like, it's in, I mean, obviously, I knew it was Aerosmith in this episode, but I just never sat back and thought about it. Oh, we had no, we haven't had Spinal Tap yet, have we? No, no, yeah. Quick thing: when you think of a band
1: on The Simpsons, first band that comes to your head? Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers, for yeah, me too, yeah. We want Chili Willy, yeah,
0: we want Chili Willy, or the A M O. But although that said, I also. It's the Aerosmith that I quote the most. Like, if I'm ever on a stage somewhere, I really struggle not to give it that, Hello, St. Louis! (laughs) You ready to rock? (laughs) (laughs) So, a few facts about the episode
1: before we get into the review. Uh, Moe's revamped version of his bar Mm. was based on a Los Angeles bar called Coconut Teaser which is from, like, the 80s, and it closed in the mid-2000s, I think, or it changed its name or whatnot. Mm -hmm. It was world-renowned for being, like, the world's best rock and roll bar, and a lot of really famous bands, like Weezer and Green Day and stuff like that, got signed record labels there. Okay, cool. So, it was the the bar to first give them gigs. Yeah. It was, like, the place to be in LA, yeah, on Sunset Strip. Okay, cool. Another fact, Colette, who is obviously the waitress, Mm -hmm. called the waitress, yeah. Yeah. She was based on Diane Chambers from Cheers. From Cheers, yes. Yep, yep. And Catherine O'Hara you know who, who she is?
0: Uh, I want to say
1: yes. Who many of you may know as the mum from Home Alone.
0: Ah, yeah, right. Thank you.
1: Yeah, she originally recorded the dialogue for the part of Colette, but the writers felt that her voice didn't fit the character very well. Okay. So without telling her, they got the regular voice actor Joanne Harris to just re- record the role, but they still gave, gave Catherine credit in the credits. They still gave oh, her the name in credits. There'd
0: be nothing worse than that as yeah. an actor. Have
1: your entire performance thrown away. Yeah, I'm not sure whether she... Wasn't told and just watched
0: it on TV and it wasn't her voice. Hopefully, she just wasn't a fan of the show and never knew. <laughs> That's the best case scenario. Yeah. As we said, Aerosmith was the first band to appear on the show. Although, then years later, she would have been doing Home Alone. or was that years later? 91. So, home- 91, first Home Alone 92? was 90. Yeah. Ah, okay. No, nah, all right. Maybe. The, the best one wasn't But out she yet might though. have recorded the dialogue, though. Like, I'm just imagining if Macaulay Culkin, young kid, you know, I'm a big fan of The Simpsons. You know, I was on The Simpsons. Which one? Flaming Moe's And then sits down and watches it. You're a liar! <laughs> Uh, there was originally a joke in the episode in which a gay couple walked into Flaming Moe's, assuming it was a gay bar, yes. because of the name. Yeah. Flaming, of course. I have a uh, friend of mine with a gay brother who I refer to as Flaming Lou. Oh, really? Just because I feel like Lou fits. He's not bothered by that? No. Well, part of it is he's not actually Flaming. Like, he's not like a, an outwardly, like, camp homosexual. He's just a guy, gay. Yeah. But that's fine. So, it's more like, you know, when you refer to a short guy as being, you know, Big Pete or something like that. it's just, taking the piss a bit, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> so I do it with love. I've, so known, him, <laughs> so I've known him a
1: long time. There's, there's nothing derogatory at all about it. Well, apparently Matt Groening uh, feels that it was a good thing that the joke was cut out because he didn't want to make, or bring attention to the name that Flamie Moist could be taken as a gay bar. Okay. He didn't want the episode to be sort of, for it to be known as that. Probably wouldn't have aged well. No, it wouldn't have. And the writers were surprised that the censors actually let it go by. Well, like they, mm. they, they pitched that name not thinking it would actually get through. And then there was no mention of it. Still, so like, okay. okay, we'll leave it in
0: then. Yeah, okay. It's it's funny that they do that. That like they would pitch something. It's almost like a placeholder. Like yeah. oh, we'll just do that for now. I would love to think that there are times where that's happened and people have assumed that it was never going to get through, but they just threw it in because they needed something, and then. Six months later, they've forgotten about that stupid idea that they pitched and the censors just don't pick it up. And then suddenly there's like this whole shitstorm storm because this really <laughs> offensive thing goes to where? And they're like, what? <laughs> we didn't think they were going to
1: do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Simon apparently had previously written for Cheers prior to this episode, okay. to The Simpsons actually. So he contributed much of Colette's dialogue as he used to write for the character okay. Diane yep. on Diane on the show. Regarding Colette, there was originally a subplot featuring her and Mo, but apparently it didn't do much, didn't really help the story flow along so they could just completely cut it out. Yep. And finally, one time in an interview, when Sam Simon was asked if the premise of the episode was inspired by the tumultuous relationship between himself and Matt Groening, he acknowledged that it may very well be true. Because there was a bit of conflict there, you know the story, where Matt Groening pretty much gets credit for creating Creating The Simpsons, Simpsons, when it was really him, Brooks, and Sam Simon. Sam Simon did most of the groundwork. Matt Groening designed the characters. But when it came to getting the show
0: together and creating a team of uh, writers and whatnot, it was all same. It was all Simon. It's a little bit of the Bill Finger side of Batman, in that Bob Kane is always credited as the creator of Batman. And I'm pretty sure it was Bill Finger is the name of the guy who had a fair bit to do with it okay. behind the scenes as well, but just got fucked over massively when it came to recognition for it. And as such, is nowhere near as rich as Bob Kane.
1: So let's get into the full review. The original air date was November 21st, 1991. Chop wall gag was underwear Should be worn on the inside and couch gag was burglars come in, steal the couch, throwing the family off of it in the process. Mm-hmm. Kicks off with the very first edition of Ion Springfield.
0: Yeah, how great was it to hear that theme music? <laughs> got me,
1: and just breasts everywhere. Yeah. just Like, <laughs> just flashing, gratuitous breasts. Whenever I hear the music, I instantly think of the chick in front of the Jebediah Springfield statue. Uh, so yeah. Right? I
0: always <laughs> think of the, the dropping the sushi in the butt. And then just laughing about it. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Forgot I forgot about the back tattoo. Yeah, the, the full length backs who of a
1: dragon. The the jazz hole makes an appearance with bleeding gums. In the intro. yeah, right. I picked up on that yeah. yeah, Homer's sort of reaction to it. Wow, infotainment. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I think shows like this, we know how pathetic they are, but we just it's just like a guilty pleasure, isn't it? Yeah, it, they're just sucking. What were the stories for this one? There was the the Dred- tire fire. Dreddy Tatum. hatred Tatum hating, Dredd- Tatum, hating, hating Springfield.
0: Yeah. If I ever come back here, you know I fucked up really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that uh, first one of the only times that they've beeped out a swear word? Well, they had to beep that one out. Yeah, of course, but I mean, like, the fact that they actually included it. Of course, they had to beep it out, but there aren't all, many times where they've have had a character actually say fuck. The treaty House of Horror, I think
1: it's 10, it's when they're on the Jerry Springer show. Yeah. Marge says, I'm so fucking embarrassed. But oh, yeah,
0: I do remember that bit, yeah. But, but like, they're few and far between. Yeah, yeah, but, oh, yeah that, for sure, yeah, yeah
1: exactly. And there was another one, what was it, the oldest man with the fattest man? Or something? Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> he's not that fat. <laughs> I think it was... Was it oldest or shortest? I'm pretty sure it was oldest, okay. yeah. And then it was just... And here's a story about bikinis. Mm, part seven on our <laughs> special on bikinis. Bart walks in. He says that he's annoyed about Lisa's slumber party. Well, first he comments on TNA.
0: He does, doesn't he? Yeah. Hey, TNA.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And as we said, he's annoyed about Lisa's slumber party. Now, apparently this story was based on... Al Jean's childhood when his sister used to have slumber parties and apparently the girls used to always want to kiss him. Um. That's what he says anyway. <laughs> so, what are, they, what are they doing at the slumber party? they Are playing the wax game? Yeah. It's just, or the, what their husband's going to be when
0: he's older or something? Yeah, it's like the wax predicting your future and there's a really funny... Like, I, I really enjoyed how... The, like, the first one that comes out, everyone kind of is a bit negative and Lisa tries to put this positive spin on it. God, no, it looks like an Olympic torch. Maybe he's going to be an athlete who will later have a successful film career. And then the next person is the dustpan. And Lisa's just... The Wax Never Lies. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. Now, male slumber parties. We didn't have slumber parties. We had sleepovers. Sleepovers. We never did shit like this. No, we just so, played Mario Kart until four in the morning. Yeah, how good was it? And then your mum, kids, be quiet. Okay, don't down, don't down. You'd always, you'd get like, you managed to sneak in one horror movie that's rated way above what you should have. So, it'd be like The NeverEnding Story and Super Mario Brothers and then like Deliverance or something.
1: Or the classic species, that we mentioned, I've mentioned yeah, before. Yeah, species, of course. Anything with boobs that doesn't—that your mum doesn't realise actually has boobs in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wild things under
0: siege, <laughs> yeah, yeah. busting out of the cake. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Did you ever go Basic Instinct? Or was that not too when much I was for young, a child? No. Yeah, no, that, that,
0: well, you still—it's a, a thirteen to fourteen-year-old boy. You don't want to watch some boring police drama. Yeah, that you want you want to still see Stephen Seagal rip a man's throat out? Yeah. But to all of our female listeners out there,
1: I would love to know: Do girls actually do this at summer parties? Do they actually try and predict what their husbands are going to be when they're older?
0: When you were younger.
1: Yeah. Presumably not when you're 17 or 18. Obviously not. You have slumber parties when you're 20. But, you know, when you're, say, between the ages of 8 to 15 or so, what do girls do at
0: slumber parties? You're assuming that women listen to the show. We do have (laughs) to listen to the show. (laughs) Hard as it is to believe, yes, there are a few. (laughs) They do write in. But they're more like dude women. They're like those cool chicks that you'd hang out with. Tomboys. No, 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 not tomboys, because I, I hear tomboy and I imagine rough hands and, you know, wanting to shear sheep and that sort hear of tomboy, stuff. I tomboy,
1: I think of Jennifer Lawrence.
0: What? Okay, I wouldn't call her, a, maybe I wouldn't use the word, same word as tomboy, but yes, the Jennifer Lawrence chicks out there, the, yeah. the, 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 that are one of the guys. Yeah. That's what we have. They go outside and kick the footy with you. Yeah. So, the girls chase Bart around. Oh, one of them gets dad to kiss Bart. Yeah, one of them gets dad to kiss him first, which is that typical, uh, as much as Elle said that, like that is as a... 10 year old. Like, you have to kiss so and so. Yeah. No, I can't do that. And then they do, and then it's disgusting for everyone, but it's slightly exciting. Yeah, <laughs> slightly exciting. Generally
1: arousing. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as we said, uh, Bart doesn't appreciate it at all. He says, I'm telling mom and dad. I'm
0: telling mom and dad you're telling who? Mom and dad! dad. Jinx. Jinx. Now you can't talk till somebody says your name! Oh, I forgot about jinx. Yeah. That's a thing. Like, yeah. I've just forgotten that it even existed. It's, I don't know. Do kids still do jinx, I wonder? I don't know. People with kids out there, do they do jinx? Yeah. How out of touch are we with so many sections of society? <laughs> We've we just had to throw questions out to women and people with children, and because j- we know nothing about either <laughs> of you.
1: <laughs> I did love the scene though between Homer and Bart, where Bart wants him to say his name.
0: Is anything a matter, my son? Talk to me, young man. <gasps> Say your name, why should I do that, my lad? Because I'm jinx, damn it. Ow what was that for You spoke while you were jinx, so I get to punch you in the arm. Sorry, it's the
1: law. <laughs> uh then they walk in and they go, There he is, let's get him. <laughs> run for it,
0: boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the butt runs for his It's op. that he just the complete refusal to do anything? Yeah. But but still be like he appreciates the gravity
1: of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, run for it. And the dramatics of this scene as well. Going to his room, they somehow get power tools and drill out like the, the yeah. keyhole whatever. whatever. Yeah. The door flies open. Then Bart just wrists it all and jumps out the window. Jumps out the window. <laughs> so, that uh, whole sequence is uh, inspired by North by Northwest. yeah The yes. Hitchcock film. And that's where they see Maggie. So, they decide to give Maggie a makeover instead. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Homer sees her and goes, That's it. I'm that's out of here. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> and it doesn't do anything.
0: It's, what's the perfect response? Well, you just look at something and go, too much work. It's like you know, <laughs> you come home, you open a door, you see that your dog has gotten into a room that he's not supposed to, and there's just shit everywhere on the floor, <laughs> and all you can do is just quietly close the door and walk away. <laughs> I want to throw the question out to listeners though, when have you been at an event? Could be a party, could be uh, could be anything. Where you've could be at work, where you have just put your hands down and said, That's it, I'm out of here. When has something become too much? And you just had to leave. I'll tell you, it nearly happened to me today when I was chatting to someone at work, fellow I, the fellow that I do work with, when he told me in 100% seriousness that he had just realized that for the past two years, he thought he was one year older than he actually was. What? Yeah. And not how not, old is he? Not like he thought. I don't know, twenty-seven or something. Not like he thought his birthday was a different year. He knew what his birthday was, but he just somehow fucked it up in his head for the last two years and thought he was a year older. I suppose that's good for him. Maybe, but it was a case where all I could do was look at him say it, and just say. I'm done, and I just had to walk away. Cause I'm not talking to you anymore. I wasn't going to be able to say anything complimentary. Did you unfriend him on Facebook immediately? <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, a short while after, I was on my way out to the cafe, and when I'm going to get a coffee, I'll be back in three and a half years. <laughs> that was enough to process it in my system, but Jesus. So, yes, when something like that happened to you, and you've just had to say, that's it, I'm out of here.
1: There's been a few times where Nicola's done something, broken something, deleted something off the Foxdale drive or whatever, and I'm that angry, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to yell. I'm going for a walk. Yeah. And she'll try and talk. And like, don't talk. I'm going for a walk. <laughs> that was really important porn. Yeah, exactly right. Everyone's had that experience. <laughs> I find it weird, though, in this scene, where was Marge? Yeah, that's a
0: good point. You would have thought she'd be... she has to be home because Homer, Homer just left. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's say she was having a bath. Fair enough. She's allowed to have some quiet time. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. So Homer goes to Moe's. Uh, Moe's business is not going too well. I did like his quote of... Increased job satisfaction and family togetherness are poison for a purveyor of mind-numbing intoxicants like myself. Moe reveals that he's out of beer, and that freaks Homer out. Yeah. Um, and as I said, I forgot that's why Homer tells me about the flaming, yeah. Roy, Or the flaming Homer, as he calls it. A you know? couple
0: great lines from Moe in this little sequence as well. Like, I, I love, you know, Homer sucking, trying to... Like, nah, Barney sucked to dry. Cut his gums up pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> So, you pick up the little things like that that are hilarious. I hear them, but they don't sink in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I did like, though, when Mo goes, we have other drinks, gin and tonic. Do they mix? That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was great. So, Homer tells the story about how he created the Flaming Homer. We'll call it the Flaming Homer or the Flaming Mo? Flaming Homer at this point? Flaming Homer at this point will go along with it. We'll change when the episode changes. Yes. Which happens soon. In about 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a mix of all the alcohols, left of alcohol in the house, as well as accidentally cough syrup yep. as well the first test I didn't go blind yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Paddy's smoke
0: ash is what lights it up makes yeah. it really really good and I love that that's not enough for Homer to go maybe I shouldn't drink it yeah cigarette butt or cigarette ash has fallen into it yeah you know. I love no one pays any interest to this flaming glass that has appeared yeah I just it's- goes they're all still just looking at Selma's
1: hairy legs <laughs> yeah Mo really enjoys it, and the random guy who's was it love tester machine or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he really enjoys it too, and that's where he says, "Hey, Mo, what is this drink?" And yeah. he steals
0: flaming mo. He's like, "Well, it's a flaming mo. That's yeah. right. It's a flaming mo. I invented it. My name's Mo. That's why it's called <laughs> a flaming mo. <laughs> that's my name. That I invented it. Yeah, it's great. Um, I really did like
1: this scene. It's it was just it's nice to have the real one on one conversations with Mo and Homer. Mm. I just it really gives you an insight into the character of Mo. And after watching this, I sort of felt like. I see myself in Moe to an extent because he's that bad of a person that he says and does things that I wish I could do sometimes <laughs> and he's not ashamed to do it.
0: You just <laughs>
1: desperately want to steal a whale at some point in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Have <laughs> some pandas locked up out the back With the cat, shut up, I'm asking her. <laughs> That's one of the most underrated mode lines in my opinion, that shut up, I'm asking her. So that was the end of the first act. Cuts back from commercial and business has improved immensely for Mo's. He's got the sneeze guard Mentally now. And-
0: immediately as well yeah just yeah. like just instant overnight success yeah, and best summed up by the fact that not much has changed other than that drink and the, that one line of I hate this place but I love the drink yeah I did like Homer saying
1: you, you haven't been this crowd since the government cracked down for you accepting food stamps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> however as you said though like business has boomed but Moe is sort of denying the fact to home that it's because of the drink.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, do you think it's because of the drink? Nah, it's hard to say. Another round of Flaming Moe's. Yeah, yeah,
1: he, he does not want Homer to think that's his idea that's creating all this money for Mo. And that's when we get Colette applying for the job. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very sexist scene. Really badly. Really, really bad. I thought Moe's such a sexist bit. Really sleazy.
0: Yeah. There are rather fringe benefits. Like, it's, it's funny. Oh, well, it's so far. So far over the top top. that all you could do is laugh.
1: I know people could probably watch it and be offended, but it's it's, it's just a cartoon, but it is funny. But
0: the other part, like the reason why you can't be offended is that Colette gets the upper hand. She's the one that ultimately shoots him down and everyone laughs at him. Yeah. So
1: that's where it kind of morally, it works. It's pretty adult for a kid's show though, isn't it? A little bit. The whole measuring, yeah. I'm not going to tell you my measurements. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's, be- it's better if I do it. I'm like, Ooh, okay, fair enough. It's more accurate. Yeah, and more fun. <laughs> more fun. That's the one. Yeah, it's more fun. Uh, Half Bannister from Tipsy Taggers Good Time Drinking Eating Emporium arrives, mm-hmm. and he wants to wants to buy the drink. Wants to buy the drink. Yeah, I like that. Mo thinks that Tipsy Taggers is a real person. It's a real person. <laughs> it's just a malformation of other successful logos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's, he's still even later in the episode. He's like, he, well, he's here. Yeah, yeah he still <laughs> believes it. Um, he wants to buy the recipe. Mo's not interested. The flaming Mo is not for sale. Do you know how much of my blood and sweat are in this drink? <laughs> uh, figure speech. Sorry, Harv. And then Barney says the line Good for you, Mo. Only an idiot would give away a million dollar idea like that, which yeah. makes Homer feel bad about himself. I do feel like Homer is being a really good friend here. Mm. He could have been spreading the ingredients as much as he wanted. But he's just letting Mo make all this money. Yeah, that's true. I thought Homer was written really, really well in this episode. Hmm. But then presents Homer as the inventor of the flaming Homer. or the
0: now there's, Mo, Yeah, there's a school. few things about this. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, they're doing talks on the adventures I admire. And he, yeah, says he, inve- he admires his father for inventing the flaming Homer. And he's instantly corrected where he's called the flaming Mo. Like, everyone knows that Mo the bartender invented that drink. These are 10-year-olds. What do they know cocktail names for? Like, I know Moe's is popular, but is it that popular that it swept through the entire town to the point that 10-year-old kids are talking about it? I just love that Nelson, G- Mo the bartender did. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yeah. Like, it's it happened a day ago. Or well, is, it, is it a day, though? Because it doesn't really maybe, tell you. Maybe a little bit of time's passed, yeah. but still. But then, obviously, you know, the great bit of Bart it's pulling widespread. out the actual alcohol to mix the drink. And yeah. like and, uh, Is that... Actual alcohol. I brought enough for everybody. <laughs> yeah. That See, i completely <laughs> forgotten about that gag. Hilarious. Isn't yeah. You take it to
1: the teacher's land, you get the whatever's left of it at the end of the yeah, day.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Oh, we'll give it back to you. Don't worry.
1: Not all of it, though. Not all of it. That'll be gone. Yeah, so then Mo has upgraded his bars, you got the new sign. Business is booming. Krusty arrives. It's like a red carpet kind of deal now at funny Yeah, Moon,
0: Krusty dressed like a pimp. Yeah. Like, real badly pimp.
1: And he bashes the shit out of a photographer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who's done what nothing wrong. Like, He's done nothing wrong. I couldn't figure out. I mean, I, it's I was wondering. Be a
1: parody of something. No parody, but like a piss take of something. It's,
0: I would have thought because it just seems so out of character.
1: I'm thinking maybe someone who was dressed like that had an incident involving yeah. a photographer. I'm if not sure. If anyone
0: knows. Yeah, let us know. Now, it's sort of part of... There's a few montages through this episode, and this is one of them where we just sort of see the success, like the Flaming Moe sign gets dropped onto the bar and that sort of thing. And then we have Mayor Quimby um, declare, I hereby declare this to be Flaming Moe Day. Like, oh, Sorry, this is already Veterans Day. It can be two things. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that what the third thing now that we've had that's been declared a day? Like Marge Simpson Day is already something else. Um, Snow Day. Snow Day. The funnest day in the history of Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love... Um, yeah, really really like that. Well, I, I could never remember what day it actually was. I could always I, but I could always remember that. It can be two things. Yeah. <laughs> what is Veterans Day in America? Uh,
1: V Day is similar to Anzac Day for us. I I know what Veterans Day is. Oh, okay. L- well, I meant what the date is. Sorry. Sorry, I misheard you. <laughs> you think I'm that stupid? Well, no. it, well the, the answer's is in the in the title, Dando. <laughs> day for the veterans. Yeah. So, uh, cut to the family around the dinner table. Hmm. And Homer, by this point of the episode, is starting to be resentful. He's starting to realize Moe's making all of this money from my idea and not giving me any credit for it. Yeah. But he does have the great line of, I don't want to eat. I'm too upset to eat. I'm going to Moe's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he gets there and he can't get in because his name's not on the list. Not on the list. Yeah. How do you know? Like, <laughs> what's your name, Homer? Not on the list. <laughs> So he has to sneak in, which he does a little bit later. But this is where we to Aerosmith, who, as we said, were the first band to ever appear on the show. Yeah,
0: and I was reminded of a time that I saw Aerosmith not Live. In, not no not in concert, but well, when I say I saw Aerosmith, I saw Steve Tyler in Melbourne. Did he ask you if you were ready to rock? Uh, I wish he had it, <laughs> uh, but no, he was doing so. Like it was, I was at Crown Casino. Steve Tyler, how much money do you think he would have made over the years? How many millions?
1: Steve Tyler, yeah, just him alone or the band? Just him. At least
0: $20 million. Many, 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 many millions. Yeah. Steve Tyler of Aerosmith, just at the $5 blackjack tables, not even playing. Just watching a friend. Steve, bullshit. That's my Aerosmith story. How long ago? Uh, my brother, three years ago. My brother had just turned 18. How was he not being swamped by people? Uh, he had some security flanking him. There were two very heavy people, but like it was just, it was you know, I mean, flanking. But if you wanted to go up and play, you were like, it's not like that was saying you couldn't get to that table. But how did you resist yelling at Hello, Saint Louis? <laughs> did I mention the two very big big guards that <laughs> probably were armed took it from
1: a distance? And when they come up there, are you ready to rock? <laughs> oh man, I would pay to see you do that. Do you reckon he would appreciate it? Do you reckon he would get the reference? Do you reckon he, he would remember? even remember? Yeah, he wouldn't yeah, remember. No, no. no. Yeah, I don't yeah, think exactly. he remembers any of the nineties. <laughs> so where are we up to so Homer's gone to Moe can't get in alright uh, Aerosmith uh, originally you know how Moe coaxes went to stage by offering them free pickled eggs yeah <laughs> originally he said free beers and they, they didn't like that line so they had to change oh. it to pickled eggs and they thought it was funnier then they agreed to say it I think it is funnier yeah oh, 100% why, funnier like
0: why a pickled egg of all yeah, things yeah
1: yeah oh, well, well, we'll do it we'll do yeah. it I did think though maybe it's just me but Stephen Tyler the Simpson version, free heroine might have been <laughs> something yeah.
0: that he would have got up on
1: stage for. The, the Steve Tyler animate, like the animated version, of him looks nothing like Stephen Tyler, in my opinion. No, but Stephen Tyler doesn't look like anything <laughs> like Stephen Tyler anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just envision Stephen Tyler now from like the Armageddon film clip, yeah, era. You know, just a what was he wearing, like a feather boa or something in that? Yeah, in that I think film He clip. was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to close my that, that era. Was As like ben ben Affleck, Affleck is just pouring cookies all over his younger daughter, <laughs> uh, all over Liv. Yeah, yeah, awful. Or- uh, the, I just think the animation of Aerosmith was kind of shit. That's, I don't know. It's just my opinion. I've always thought that. So Homer sneaks in through the bathroom and he runs into... Yuppie Barney. Yeah, like, Yuppie like,
0: Barney. As Moe goes up a class, Barney goes up a class with it. The two people with him, though, is that a reference to anybody in I don't think it's a, I don't think it was. I think it's more just to show that Barney's hanging out in a new crowd now. Yeah, he's too like, good, too good it for Homer. It wouldn't have made sense if Barney had just been wearing a tie and had, he pon- and had a ponytail. You, you, you kind of need to see that he's doing that to follow a, a crowd.
1: He runs into Krabappel. That's Homer,
0: mm-hmm. and she is slutty as in this episode, man. Yeah, massively. Like full on. Like <laughs> sc- just terrible human being in that. I, I don't know if she's a terrible human being. She's a lonely old woman. I'm oh. married. Oh, like I'm not single or something well let's just pretend that you are that, that's yeah, a pretty terrible that, thing that, you're right okay yeah I take that back she's a terrible
1: human being yeah. then Homer confronts Mo and I did like the line of if there was any justice in the world my face would be on that merchandise do you think that's a piss take in the fact that this Homer's face is on, on mer- all of the merchandise in the world yeah yeah um then we get the classic which I've forgotten this episode, Hugh
0: Jazz prank call. Oh, I know, well I this is one of the main things that I remembered from the episode. I didn't realize it's I know it's
1: know so the, damn good. Oh, oh, just how polite is Hugh Jazz.
0: Yeah. And and like it's I mean, it's funny for to turn the tables on that prank, but just to show that Moe's has so many people in there now. That Bart comes up with what he thinks is a ridiculous name. No one would possibly <laughs> have that, but but there's, there's hundreds of people in there. So yeah. yes, someone does have that. I've
1: never really lived it like that. Yeah, that is good. I did I just love though the, it's great acting from Nancy, just that Oh shit! Yeah, I've made a mistake. Oh, what do I do? (laughs) I'm gonna look. I'm gonna reason with you,
0: (laughs) and it's played so brilliantly by Harry as well of just taking it as like, "Hmm, what a nice young man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right then.
1: Goodbye. (laughs) Better luck next time. And then we cut back to um, Homer confronting Mo, and he's trying to say you've just lost yourself a customer as just hundreds of customers. money rains in upon him.
0: Do you know what I thought of at this exact moment? Yeah. The guy ga- a little while ago, when uh, on the Facebook page, we got a message from someone saying, "Just wanted to let you guys know, I'm not following you anymore <laughs> because you you're too busy trying to share original content or something along those lines." Like that was pretty much the extent of it. It was like, "I I only want you to play video clips and just send like you know just play clips of the show." You do too much other stuff. I'm not listening anymore, basically. Yeah. And yeah, like that was. Not being too over the top and arrogant about things, but this is at, at a time when the page is growing pretty strongly. So, it, and it was, yeah, like you just lost your self customer, <laughs> Dando. Didn't I write back to a screenshot of Grandpa
1: saying "bitch, bitch, bitch"? bitch, bitch. bitch yeah. <laughs> so, um, cut back from commercial now, and this is where we get the my favorite part of the whole episode is the Flaming Moe's Cheers parody. Flames on me.
0: It's such a good song. Edit. it's depressing, but yes. Yeah, I know. Depressing. When the weight of the world has got you down and you want to end your life. Written
1: by Jeff Martin, who's a writer for the show. Okay. But it's just all around a great song plus the animations perfect as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, like that kind of thatched drawing that yeah. they've got going on there. I like that they included King Toot's in there, so that's yes. you know that, that's instantly become canon.
1: Yep, yep. So it was just cool seeing the mm. Simpsons characters animated in a different style. Yeah. What was your favorite sort of cut scene in that
0: Song, well, oh, Barney passed out on the street just yeah, outside. Moose, I like. Um, what's, wait, wait, what why was I girls? like the sailors of Kabupul? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I my favorite part about it to be honest is the outro to the song. I was gonna say like, Home at the bar- Window. Oh, what? No, no, no. Barney walks in, it's like Barney, and then Woody Harrelson behind the bar. Yeah, right? how's the world treating you, Mr. Gumble? And I see when I first watched this episode,
1: i never seen Cheers before, so I didn't quite get this parody. Gotcha. So now, since then, obviously, Cheers is an amazing show. If yep. you haven't watched it, make sure you watch it. Yeah. Woody Harrelson's fucking so good on that show, by the way. Yeah.
0: On Cheers. They do. It's not the only time that they, they do parody in- Cheers. When is looking for a new bar, he goes into the Cheers bar, doesn't he?
1: Is it not is, is Fear of Flying? It's the one with Guy Incognito. Yeah. It's yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. And,
0: watch- and, and, like, they have... They actually have Ted Danson's character. It's like you can't go on a date with one like you like that thing about how he's oh, dating like it's three different chari- people it's at once. It's actually the cast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And then Norm starts crying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think but anyway. Anyway,
1: we're way off track. But yeah, I did like as I mentioned before the still shot of keeping the story going as well of Homer looking through the window. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it, it was really really well done. Harve then returns from, what was the place called? The Tipsy Mixed Good Time Drinking and Eating Emporium. Glad you wrote it down, because yeah. I could not be bothered. He really, really, really wants the
0: recipe to the Flaming Moe. Mm-hmm. To the point that he's got Professor Frink working on it. Yes. The secret is- ingredient is, love, yeah. who's been screwing with this thing? Which is apparently a homage to the Nutty Professor. Oh, okay. See, so I was going to say uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Okay yeah yeah um in like the the original version of like the, I you know the computer will spit out or oh, that's more about not about ingredients The exact location the location yeah, or something the, the exact location it says I can't tell you that would be cheating <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> I am now telling the computer that I will share with it the grand prize it says what would a computer do with a life so, lifetimes of live chocolate I am now telling the computer exactly what it could do with lifetimes <laughs> <supply> of chocolate <laughs>
1: That is really good Still at this point, which I thought was funny, as we said earlier, most still thinks Tipsy's a real person. Oh, he's here? Yeah. He's here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. The funniest part to me, though, about this whole scene was where he says, I'm sorry, but the secret ingredient dies with me. Dirty cases of cough syrup. Sign here. <laughs> I got hooked on this stuff in the service. Then Homer decides to go to a new bar, which was kind of a random scene, but it was funny.
0: Yeah, it's just, again, to show that Homer's life has taken a downward the, spiral. Downward spiral, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Opens up with him uh, opens up with a shotgun yeah. on it. What do you want? <laughs> Can I have a clean glass? Here you go, your majesty. He's so scared to ask yeah. yeah. Can I please have a clean glass?
1: So they go to a Lionel Hutts. That's is this the first time I've seen Marge in the episode? No, we saw it at the dinner table. At the dinner table, yeah, but well, she's very limited. She's not in this episode much at all, no. Uh they go to Lionel Hutts, classic Huts.
0: Oh, this all goes back to the Frank Warbinger case of seventy
1: eight. How about that? I looked something up. These books behind me don't just make the office look good. They're filled with useful legal tidbits, just like that. And then we get the classic, classic scene that everybody knows. I'm just going to play the whole clip.
0: Oh, look at me. I'm making people happy. I'm the magical man from Happy Land in a gumdrop house on Lollipop Lane.
1: Oh, by the way, I was being sarcastic.
0: Well, duh.
1: So, after that, we get Mo now slipping with Colette. Lucky, lucky man. Why is she degrading herself like this?
0: Well, I guess part of it is to show that Mo has kind of gone up in the world a little bit. Part of it's just funny that they're so opposite. and But Mo is just successful, so he's ended up with a woman. Yeah. She says if, Morris isn't if, I don't know his name is yeah, Morris. No, I don't know if it is. I think it's just her being hoity-toity. Ah, okay. Because I've never heard it mentioned anywhere else. just yeah. just Maurice. I'm yeah. Like, no, really? I always just figured that's her being upper class. Yeah, yeah. Morris. But I... If we have any bartenders listening, please, for the love of God, tell me that you have used the word. Now, that's what I call a happy hour after sleeping with someone. Just, (laughs) and if you haven't, then do it. Even if it's just went for a minute. It needs to be done for the world.
1: (laughs) Um, I did like where she says, I don't know about this. And then Mo's like, it's okay, baby. My mom will be home for like an hour or something like that. So,
0: Mo's living with his mum. And they've. I'm just thinking about Homer Simpson. That's okay. I was thinking about Sybil Banning. Yeah. <laughs> Which really obscure person to have plucked out for yeah. Mo to be thinking of, by the way. So, Sybil Banning was in a bunch of Roger Corman kind of 80s schlock movies. She was in Hercules. And most recently, she was in Grindhouse, actually. I'm glad you did research as well. Just a little bit. <laughs> I waited until the 20-minute mark of the episode to do something, but then I went, oh, I better look that up. It was more because I went, Sybil Banning, I don't know who that is. I wonder if she's hot. <laughs> well, she? If Mo's fantasizing about it, well, in a kind of 70s and 80s schlocky horror kind of way. But the whole point of this scene, obviously, was
1: that Colette convincing Mo that he needs to split the money with Homer, Yeah, which and sets up the final scene as well.
0: Great yeah. scene. The out of that as as well. Did you catch this from Mo? It's like, God, I sleep with a chick once, it cost me yeah. half a million dollars. <laughs> half. <laughs> Anyone
1: that has seen Eddie Murphy's role, you know, know Murphy role? exactly what that is, yeah, <laughs> oh, and then cut to a beautifully animated scene of the Mo Mo, yeah, so good, How, oh, for its time, amazing, and,
0: and, and so many Mo-based puns, yes, <laughs> yeah. Barrett, I said, you, I thought I said you was something like you were going to mow the lawn. I Mo, I Mo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just really well. Done. And then when he's
1: just running through the city and he falls onto the ground and never mows with the flowers, it's just so well designed. It's yeah, it's, it's just a great little what is that? It's a not a montage. What would you call it? a dream
0: it's, it's almost a dream sequence it's not quite a dream sequence it's uh,
1: whatever it is it's amazing
0: it's not a vignette I don't know what it is it's,
1: it's just something yes it's daydreaming it,
0: it, may, it reminded me of John Melkovi- uh, being John Malkovich yeah Wait, have you seen that film at all yes okay well, t- 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 pardon me <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yes how dare you um, but, yeah, like that when Malkovich goes through the Malkovich tunnel and gets there and everyone has Malkovich's yeah. face and they just say, Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. I was going to say, it can't be a parody of that because no. it was long before it. <laughs> it was long before it. You know, I came up with a great idea for a beer commercial that's never been done, though, That's a going that would be a parody of being John Malkovich where a guy um, is looking for a beer. He can't find a beer. He opens a fridge the, and behind the fridge, similar to being John Malkovich, there's like a little passageway in a tunnel. He crawls through the tunnel. He falls out into a bar Where everyone is drinking Heineken, and then he just everyone's just says Heineken, 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 when as they're trying to have a conversation to him. Like there's someone singing and they're singing into a bottle of Heineken and they're singing just Heineken. He looks at a menu and it's Heineken, 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 and then eventually he falls out like at the side of the road, similar to when you fall out of the thing at the New Jersey Turnpike. And there's a bottle shop just across the road, and he walks up and the guy says, "What'll I have for you?" And he pauses for a second and he says, "Heineken." I'll going to say that his name was Niken. No. No, no, no. But That, that, that would be a phenomenal ad. Oh, I know it would be. Because you would get the name of your product in there about 120 times you in the 32nd bit. What will you do
1: if you watch it on television now? They've stolen your idea. They've listened to the podcast. I'll and sue. It. I will sue the pants <laughs> off everybody.
0: You go, oh. Every one of our listeners who might have leaked it. You'll find out their secret ingredient. Everybody get to the, the, at Heineken. The, the rafters of their building.
1: <laughs> so we, we cut to the final scene of the episode and basically they're going to offer Mo a million dollars he's about to sign the contract yeah. which completely went over my head as a kid that this is all happening and then Homer fucks it up for himself Phantom of the Opera style oh how good is it with though with so much drama just the laugh
0: <laughs> oh, fools fools each and every one of you
1: <laughs> I love that he somehow got up there in a dressing robe and slippers
0: yeah like well, <laughs> what the fuck why is he even wearing that
1: yeah but it's just it's hilarious hug it
0: over half of his face despite being one of the most recognisable <laughs> men at that bar <laughs>
1: Do you think they needed to have Homer fall down and hurt himself? Yes, for the line,
0: Oh my God, you fell on Aerosmith! Oh yeah,
1: okay, yeah, that is true, yeah. But, oh, I've actually skipped over something here, I'm looking at my notes. Oh no. One more slutty scene from Krabappel. Oh, from
0: Edna K. what did she do this time? Drummer Joey. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Krabappel, I really need my drumsticks. Come and get them. Yeah, she was just out and about this episode, wasn't she? Yep, and the, really the first time that it's happened. Well, Apart from hitting on Bergstrom, but like the first time she's really just... Really gone over the top with it, yeah. yeah. So
1: now everyone... Well, he obviously reveals the, the recipe is, or the ingredient is cough syrup. Cough syrup. Um, Moe doesn't get to sign a contract anymore. Everyone starts selling Flaming Moe's, which is apparently a piss take of everyone selling Ray's Pizza. In New York, apparently, there's all oh, different.
0: Oh, yeah, there are. Like, when I was going to New York a while ago, that one of the things I was looking into was, yeah, and they were like, you have to go to Ray's Pizza. And then I got there, and there's like eight of them. Yeah, it's meant to be like, different sort of versions of the name Ray's Pizza. Yeah. That's virtually what this Romano's was.
1: Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like, though, I think the final scene here between Homer and Moe was good. Sort of just rekindled their friendship. Yeah. I think Moe's just accepted the fact that. This is what he deserved. Back to normal. Yeah. I don't know whether they had him tell Homer, so Homer doesn't seem upset that he's missed out on money because Homer would then be angry, I think. Yeah, you would have thought. Yeah. But it was just a nice touch of him offering Homer a flaming Homer. Great line to end the episode, though, wasn't it? Hey, Mo, do you think Aerosmith is going to be here tonight? Doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Just a really great way to end the episode. Now, I know this episode is highly acclaimed. It does have non-stop laughs from start to finish. It's a great story that flows really, really well. Oh, it's just not the classic I remember it being. No, I was hoping for more depth. Although, I feel like the first act, it went for virtually exactly eight minutes. So I remember looking at the clock. Mm. Not a great deal happens. We have the slumber party, and then Homer telling Mo about the drink. Yeah. That's all that happens in eight minutes.
0: Yeah. yeah it, it, I just remember the episode it, being it, so much more eventful. gags in
1: there, and there's things. Like, it, the the last, yeah, it, the it last two-thirds of the episode are r- great. Yeah. But it's just not... Top ten worthy, you know. Everyone sort of puts it up there. I've I've seen articles where it's written as, oh, this is one of the greatest episodes of all time. No, 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 no it's not. It's really yeah, but, not. It,
0: but don't take that as disappointment. It's still very fun to watch. Oh yeah, it's a great episode. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's one of the more certainly. I'd say that's probably the best way to sum it up. But it it's one of the more fun episodes. It's just not one of the best episodes. When I think best, I think absolutely every element of writing, performance, direction, everything is you know all comes together. Like, whereas this it had a few of those things, it just didn't have the same level of complexity that you need to be in the top 10. And that's not to say that it's a bad episode by any stretch, because when you've done like five million episodes that they've done, there can only be 10 top 10s. I think for its time, if you consider when it came
1: out, it was a lot different to the other episodes. It wasn't based around the family, mm. per se. And there aren't many episodes up to this point where they've taken a sub-character and just
0: Developed a whole episode around them. Not many, no. Uh, uh, Principal... Principal Charming. Principal Charming, I said. yeah. um, yeah. Grandpa uh, with B and the money. Well, he's still part of the family, though, I guess, but he's still a sub-character. Yeah, he's not main... Not the core family.
1: But yeah, it was just a really... It was one of the first times I sort of went right out there and based an episode with guest stars and whatnot. But it was was really, really fun, but just not the classic that I remember it being. Mm. What did we learn,
0: Palmer? So, what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? Uh, well, I learned that if your drink is not without its charm, try lighting it on fire. Apparently, it works. Mm. Not on beer. You need to have a certain certain alcohol alcohol content put to be a able, cough able to strip in there first. Little cough syrup in there first, and then. woof. I learned that you should never trust
1: Krabapple with the drumstick <laughs> or your children. Really, <laughs> That's a good point. So, with that, let's get into some trivia. Yes, let's do that. I've got a couple of questions. How many uh, you got? I've got one. Okay, well, I'll start off. Okay. What was in between? Starting going back to the start of the episode. Yep, it's cutting from Homer in the lounge room up to the girls in the Lisa's bedroom.
0: Asbestos and lead. <sighs> yep. Don't even need to get the question out. <sighs> in between <sighs> the floorboards, I yep, believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thank you. Um, I didn't even say anything. I didn't congratulate you. You just thanked me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what year did the Springfield Tie Fire start? Forty something. Incorrect, my yeah? friend. But I'll let you have one more stab at it. Give you a clue. What anniversary were they celebrating? Wasn't it the 80th? Uh, no. no, it was um, <laughs> wrong. It's just a, no wrong! Tw- 25th. So 1966. Uh, okay,
1: miles off. Okay, I was, I was just completely guessing then. I was trying to like envision Brockman's voice in my head, like what, what it sounded like. Yeah, right. Which nothing, means nothing it's like that.
0: It's the 50th anniversary of it now, November twenty Fifty years and going strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The writer of this episode, Rob Cohen, mm. is said to have inspired which character? from
0: Okay, so he's a writer who's inspired a character. So so him he him yeah. is who they've based a the character on. One of the nerds from college? No, it's
1: Millhouse. Oh, all right. So he's a nerd, okay. but it's not yeah. from college. Okay. <laughs>
0: Now, before we get into
1: today's mailbag, I posted on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash fourfingerdiscount, just before, or just prior to us recording, mm-hmm. that we're going to be doing our review right now of Fleming Rose and ask for everyone's favourite moment from the episode. And there's just a comment here that I have to mention because we've missed it. And I-
0: yeah. real Like, I mean, I saw the joke, but I only picked up on one element of it. I didn't pick up on the subtext. To yeah.
1: I, did, I knew it must have been a reference to something, but well, like, I didn't really care too much.
0: I but- just thought it was a kind of ironic joke. Because yeah. clearly it's... The, like it's it, so Hollywood's the line harsh. is at the end when um Mo refers to I don't even think about it as being Hollywood being harsh, but that line at the end where Mo refers to um the it wasn't Colette. Colette leaving saying um you know, ah, I feel like she'd have been better off here. I just thought like, you know, it's clearly a dive and clearly she wouldn't have been better off there. That was the way I took it and I just went, Hey, yeah that's kinda of funny. Yeah. But like the better I didn't I didn't realise Probably because I didn't know the exact ins and outs of Cheers. I yeah. didn't realise what has been pointed out to us.
1: Yeah, so Steve Gordon, all the way from, I believe he's from the UK, mm-hmm. he has said that it's the joke referencing the fact that Shelley Long's career post-Cheers, because she left Cheers to pursue a movie career, which didn't really go all too well, and she would have been better off and probably made more money, had she just stayed on Cheers? Because yeah. Kirstie Alley took her took her spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a really, really good joke. Yes. I just straight over my head. It was so good that when it showed over
0: your head as well. Obviously, you said that you don't really watch Cheers, but... Thanks, Steve, yeah, I for putting know, that out to I, us. I, I just didn't know much about Shelley Long. Like, I, I, you know, I knew nothing Which about is the, the joke. history of <laughs> what's going on. Oh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so,
1: thanks, Steve, for posting that. Any other comments that we should mention now? Uh,
0: i trying to find anyone. Well, someone said, we want Chili Willy, so they've got that I was going to say that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And tag someone in it as well. <laughs> so, their favourite part from the episode is not from the air Adam Reese says, we want chili Willy, and tag Tom Lawrence. So, Tom Lawrence is going to go, you idiot. You, you fool. idiot to yeah. be. And now you've been call- called out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get Elliot- anything wrong on our page, guys. We hold all the power. Elliot McGregor reminds us that Barney's friends' names are Armando and Rafi. Mm. We've got um, a Brendan Grant who says that this is the first episode you've reviewed that is really hitting the zany comedy of The Simpsons' golden era. That's I know said, yeah. I know you guys love the sentimental episodes, but to me, The Simpsons is all about the hilarious jokes. And that's that's fine. It's one yeah. way to take it, um, which is why, you know, while we might not put it in the top ten and we were talking before about it not being as deep as other things, but it's, it's certainly... Joke, 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 joke. joke. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: It's sort of like, uh, you would say that You Only Move Twice doesn't have a great overall story, I guess, but it's just laugh after laugh after laugh. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Um, What else we got? Everything else here we've pretty well mentioned. A lot of people say they love the Cheers parody. Frinky Yak has been getting a good run in these comments as well. You can yeah, tell yeah, yeah. You it's, well, probably my favourite photo here, which is just Carl drinking while Lenny's hair is on fire. He's <laughs> not good. I love
1: Homer with his Before he says, cough syrup with the, with yeah. the buffer right over his face. Oh, Great. But yeah, Thanks everyone that commented on the post. We're going to start doing that prior to recording each and every week, so look out for it. And if you post a good comment, it may get read out on the show. Or if you post an, e- uh, an equally bad comment, <laughs> we'll call you out for it, yeah. So, now it's time for... Jabouw! It's here. Ooh. Mailbag time. If you'd like to send us a story or a question or just a, my two cents, any, anything related to the mailbag, it's mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. We do read all of your emails. If we don't read yours out the week after you send it, don't panic. We'll get to them all eventually.
0: Yep. Before we get to that, a quick shout out to my homeboy, Chris, who... Homeboy. Uh, Come on, ...fan man. of the show, <laughs> who stayed at the house through the weekend, through the Airbnb, and that... Was nowhere near as uh, stalkery as it potentially could have been. Turned out to be a very, very normal law-talking guy who was just in town to watch the footy. Did a drunken girl knock on the door this weekend? No, but he did find the second earring of the one that did the week oh, before. Really? <laughs> he was adjusting self, adjusting his position on the couch. His hand slipped out and he stabbed himself with it. <laughs> Pretty fucking funny. <laughs> Fortunately, he being a fan, he knew of the story as well. So, uh, I think I was greeted with that. When I got there, he gave me a crack about, you know, will there be anyone else staying with me tonight? <laughs> uh, so, he listens to every episode? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's up to date. He hadn't listened to the most recent one. Was that weird,
1: speaking to somebody who you'd never met before that was a genuine fan of the show?
0: No, no, it wasn't. I was worried that I might have had to be on for the whole time he yeah. was there. Like I was saying to him that I was dr- driving home. Being envisioning Krusty when he goes over to the Simpsons house like I was going to have to come in with hey and yes. just and have lots of gags but no it was fine oh cool nice guy yeah, yeah good guy so thank you very much Chris it was a pleasure having you over at the house so let's get into some mailbag stuff what right. have we got first uh, okay so we've got Craig Jones who has written in now I want to um, prefix these by saying I haven't read these ones this time uh, my phone was not working very well, so Dando has cherry picked some of the best ones throughout the week.
1: Which is like, hey, you know that one job I have to do during the week? Can you do it for me? Before yeah.
0: I <laughs> well, <laughs> continue. I, I re- <laughs> I'm joking. I'm I looked, joking. Continue. I looked up. I looked up civil banning. Yeah, you did. You did a very good job with that too. Okay, so from Greg Jones, hey guys, just wanted to share a little story about something that happened to me at work. It's in warehousing, so Dando should understand what guys in warehousing and factory work as, and me using a Simpsons reference. Uh, One of the guys at my work got hemorrhoids, good lord, and was going (laughs) on and on about it, even to the point where he'd go up to other guys and say, hey, take a look at my girlfriend's new boobs on his phone, but would end up showing them a photo of his hemorrhoids. Happens all the time, man. This is the best that you could come up with in the, this week's mailbag. After hearing about this, I decided to start calling him Bleeding Bum Murphy. This <laughs> actually got a few good laughs out of it. So, now he is known as Bleeding Bum Murphy by the guys at work. Thanks, Craig Jones, Adelaide, South Australia. Thank you, Craig. Don't write again. <laughs> uh, actually, send in a photo. <laughs> of his girlfriend's new boobs. Uh, hopefully, they don't have hemorrhoids. Otherwise, that would just be awful. Uh, Paul Downs, right. Here's my attempt to message you while you were recording. Now, unfortunately, while Paul was successful in sending this through while we were recording, we were unsuccessful in reading it while <laughs> we were recording last week. So, we're going into it It was the now. week before. Uh, by my reckoning, it should soon be time for the mailbag. My Simpsons anecdote is as follows. Back in the day when Dude the Bartman was released in the UK, I took a great deal of time writing down all the lyrics so I could sing along. Bear in mind that this was a time when the internet was not available, so it did take me some time. Eventually, when it was done, I wrote out a neat copy on a piece of A4. I love that. So, we would have had his scrap copies. And yeah. And he's gone, this one goes under a frame. <laughs> and attached a hand-drawn picture of Bart on top of the cover and set about learning the song word for word. That's what you
1: did in the 90s, though.
0: <laughs> I never sat down and wrote the lyrics out, but I could listen to it enough I, times and I would know I it.
1: used to be... Because I used to, I was in charge of the music at the school assemblies. Yeah, so I'd have to like project the lyrics onto the big uh, screen. Yeah, right. So I'd have to write them all out.
0: I still know, largely thanks to my father playing the album "Waking Up the Neighbors" over and over and over again. I know a frightening number of Brian Adams lyrics. Oh, I love Brian Adams, man! Really, Sex Animal. Well, that's true. I heard that he nearly got it on with Princess Diana at one point. Like would that was the rumor going around town that yeah, Brian Adams. Was nothing wrong with liking Brian Adams. Slayed women left, right, and center oh, as you would if you are Brian Adams. Um, There's nothing wrong with Brian Adams. Like, okay. Imagine if you wrote that song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Endless bitches, man. Look into my eyes and you will (laughs) see uh, what you mean to me. Search your heart, search your soul. When you find me there, you'll search no more. Don't tell me it's not worth fighting for. Don't tell me it's not worth dying for. You know it's true. Everything I do, I do it for you. Imagine if you could- Just a little test. Feel free, listeners, feel free to throw out any other (laughs) Brian Adams song and I will be able to do that. Let's make a night. Uh, Let's make a night to remember from January to September. Or is it December? To December, I think. Sorry, was, yeah, yeah, January to December. The whole year. Yeah. Um, let's make, uh, let's make love,
1: Stutter, baby, <laughs> sweet surrender. I
0: know that part. Let's, uh, and I think it's like let's make love to excite us, something, something like that. Memory, right. memory <laughs> to ignite us. What, what's that? We <laughs> can continue. continue <laughs> with the belt <laughs> back. I'm sorry. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I up to? Okay, um, he's uh, it. He's That's right, so he's, he's written run. down the lyrics For everything I do, I do it for you uh, I was annoyed, that, uh, though, that my little brother Was also able to use the lyrics to try to learn uh, After all, it had taken me All of the time to work out the transcript It was like that uh, Sorry, it was then uh, that this 10-year-old Had a stroke of genius The likes of which would never to be repeated Well, yeah, it's a shame that you peaked that early uh, I decided to use a hole punch To make a hole through the two bits of paper Attach a tiny padlock Good Lord, probably attained from the previous year's Christmas crackers and lock the padlock. Uh, Nobody was going to be able to bypass that security measure. What can I say? I'm obviously a genius. You will not be surprised to learn that a career in home security systems, alas, did not follow. He goes on to say that he loves the podcast and all the references that may or may not be Simpsons but are just as informative and amusing. So, you probably appreciated the little Brian (laughs) (laughs) Adams soliloquy that went on just then. Um, You're always going to have Brian Adams just continuously playing underneath
1: this whole section of (laughs) the (laughs) podcast. Just the instrumental. Just the instrumental of this thing we started.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I went to see him in concert three times in my life.
1: I've seen him once.
0: Okay. Well, I well, saw when, Bri- when Brian Adams, Brian McFadden, and some other Brian do. Um, Brian McFadden. Oh, that's. All, the- all did heaven together on stage at one of the concerts okay. that I went to. And as like a 13 year old, I thought it was the greatest thing that had ever happened. Have you ever, ever, ever And yeah. then he came out and did like acoustic guitar. And it was the first time that it would ever occur to me that someone w- who performed with a band might also be able to sing on their own. I was like, oh my God, he's doing this just for us. <laughs> <laughs> the only way for that to be better, uh, Brian Adams. Brian
1: McFadden and Keith Urban.
0: <laughs> oh man. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, bring You're, you to your knees, man. Your definition of better <laughs> doesn't necessarily line up with my definition um, of better. <laughs> I honestly can't tell you one Brian McFadden it,
1: um, if if Brian McFadden's the person I think. Brian of this, isn't McFadden did it? the um, duet with Delta. Delta Goodrem. yeah. yeah. That's what, wasn't he dating her? Yeah, the, he was. Yeah. And
0: then they did something about um, I don't know, being in love but not being together or something like that. Oh, okay, fair enough, whatever. <sighs> uh, God, this, is, <laughs> this is one of the more sidetracked tangents that I've gone off in some time. That's, Brian uh, Adams does it to you, man. Uh, he does. Um, Consumes you. What can I say? Because when the feeling's are right, I'm going to run all night. I'm yes. going to run to him. Uh, <laughs> Niall Brown uh, writes in, My question, if you had to have one Simpsons character for your AFL team, who would it be? Mm, uh, his pick would be Ooh. Dr. Nick's old friend, Mr. McGreg, with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. Absolute mindfuck for the opposition. It'd be hard to tell if he was handballing or kicking. That is true. It's mm. really hard to pin down in a tackle as well. <laughs> <laughs> not going to grab the arm. Try to get the arms in. Yeah.
1: the trip. You grab his arm for the trip. Yeah. So Now, are there rules in this AFL team? Can I pick someone who would not be ashamed to be a dirty player? No, that's fine. I just think Mo would be an People. absolute prick on the field.
0: Yeah, he would be. He would have fit right in in like the seventies Bruce yeah. Doole sort of era.
1: He'd he'd be just punch people from behind, left, right, and center. Yeah, whether he does
0: any damage, I don't know. But Coat I think ha- I think Mo would be good. Coat hangers galore. Yeah. Can I get away with saying Daryl Strawberry because he appeared in The Simpsons and yeah. he was just a freak at everything? Yeah, so yeah, I'm that sure is true. Sure, he would have been good at AFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's Strawberry, true. get out there and kick me a goal. Yeah. <laughs> I told him to do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who's someone that would be generally big enough? To- you want Rainier Wolfcastle, I guess.
0: Not too big. Plugger, stick him in the Ford. In the yeah, maybe maybe back in the day you need someone more agile and mobile. Maybe Carl to be like a little third man up defender. Yeah, a little ruck rover. Maybe. Yeah, something like that could work. There's really no jocks at Springfield.
1: They sort of and they make jokes about that. There's no real sort of. Yeah, oh, they'd have to be. What about Duffman? He's probably really unfit. Parties a lot.
0: Yeah, pretty, <laughs> I feel like Duffman would smoke a fair bit as well. <laughs> uh, Nelson, he was pretty good at footy. As in NFL? Willie. Willie would be good for your team. He'd mess shit up, man. <laughs> could he kick a ball, though? Doesn't matter. he just run at people. It matters a little bit. <laughs> I want someone that can at least have some skills. I'm sure he can. The Dean. Why would he be good? Because he's just cool. He's good at everything. <laughs> could he kick a ball, though? <laughs> I reckon he could. He, you know, he, no, he can't. He got hit by a car. Wears, he wears that sports jacket. What about Hank Scorpio? Yeah, yeah. Well, I reckon I'd like Hank to... Be the CEO of my team. Yes, you have a lot of money, and contract deals would just get done. Yeah, there'd be no one getting traded away from your club. So there are a few examples, <laughs> a few answers to your question. Yeah, who was that from, by the way? Uh, yeah. uh, who was that from? Niall Brown. Nile Brown. Mm. Now I've got a two cents, but I'm um actually oh yeah. Speaking no, no, of two fine.
1: cents, speaking of two cents, Ooh. I have to call you out on something.
0: Well, well, hang on. Can we re- Let, let's read this one out first? Okay, you're and not going to like what I'm going to try to prepare. Uh, this wasn't on my running sheet. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this page off so then I can put my phone down. Uh, I've Rob- been be holding on to this all episode. I was going to do it at the start and I thought, oh, I'll wait till the two cents section. Okay. You've got a little something cooking. Yeah. All right, then. See if you can top this one. Rue from Scotland. To this day, my dad puts disposable drinking straws in the dishwasher. <laughs> I swear he brought a pack of 100 from the shop in, like, 2004 for a pound, and it's the same ones that he's still using. <laughs> so many things about that. How do you tie down straws in the dishwasher? The like, they fly everywhere. Who uses straws at home? Why is he using the dishwasher? Why is he using the- straws? <laughs> surely, surely just rinsing them under the tap would be a cheaper way to do it. If you're going to be cheap, go the whole hog. Yeah. But, like, I imagine that he, he must have, like like a little rubber band or something yeah. and like a weight system to keep them down
1: I'm just imagining just straws just going everywhere I've
0: never once thought to re- <laughs> re-jig a straw
1: well, It saves a lot of money apparently Oh,
0: well, apparently it does <laughs> good on you thank you for writing that in Roo
1: yes if you have any other two cent stories send them through to mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com please do we don't get enough it's one of I our, l- our favourite sections it of is I love laughing at other people being cheap yeah because we're cheap as well now now I can get to my story because you are cheap what do you mean I'm wearing I don't See, I don't even know the exact story, but I've been told to call you out. What my are you mate, talking about? My mate who will remain nameless says... I don't like oh, this. Yeah, ask Mitch about what happened when you were shopping at Dick Smith the other day. Oh, oh what? I don't know. Mean- he said, ask Mitch, the guy that I work with, ask Mitch what happened when he was shopping at Dick Smith the other day. I don't even know the story. He wouldn't tell he me. does
0: not even know who I am? Who knew that I was in Dick Smith? He follows the page. He knows what you look like. Oh, well, this isn't good at all. <sighs> Right. Is it bad? Well, it doesn't paint me in a pretty light, let's be honest. What happened? Okay, so for people outside of Australia. I mean, you told me this like three days ago. I'm like, I, mean, I wanted to text you. And I thought, no, I'll save it for the podcast. So, Dick Smith is a retail store. Um, it's like a Best Buy, I suppose, in the in the US. Closing but down. Yeah. The, um, you know, and Dick Smith himself is a fairly iconic Australian entrepreneur, businessman and that sort of thing. But they've just obviously made some bad business decisions and they had to close down. So, they're having a big closing down sale. Um, and it was one of those ones where it started starts at like 10 to 15% off and then it goes to 25 to 30% off. And then by the end of it, they're selling the furniture. Like they're just, please take whatever you can and it'll be cheap. Um, oh, God, I can't believe. So, I've got... Ash had got a new phone, uh, a new iPhone, and it was a different size to what she previously had. So, she needed a new phone cover. And I, I happened to be walking past and there was a whole big table display of phone covers. So, I, I walked in and... They were like, you know, whatever. They down to a dollar for the most part of them. And I grabbed a. There was a silicon one for an iPhone six. Or I Was like, is this for an iPhone six? He said yes. And then it didn't have its it, uh, like its original casing on it. It was just the actual phone cover. He's like, ah, oh, look. Um, they won't be able to scan this up here. So just take this box instead. And when you get up there, uh, it'll be like twenty five cents. I was like, okay, cool, thanks. Twenty five cents. Yeah, like as I said, they were dirt cheap. So I took my. Cover in the casing and and took it up there and then he scanned it and he looked at me and said fifty cents. Thanks. You didn't, did you? Just out of instinct. I may have got ah. Uh, it's just that the guy at the front said it would be twenty five. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Did you re- I'm not proud. Did you regret it as soon as you said it?
0: Uh, yes, it just fell out. And was w- Ash with you? No, I was on my own. Just oh. picking over the bones of this corpse of a store and these people that were out of work. And I'm haggling over 25 cents. What did?
1: It- what do you think Ash would have done if she was with you when you said that? Um, Just died inside a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, no, 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 no! He said it was twenty-five cents. No
0: more than, <laughs> no more than she would have died when but I was hey, just—that's fifty percent discount, Brian Adams. Well, it was fifty percent. That's a big markup from what I was originally yeah. told it was going to be. It doesn't matter that I had a hundred dollars in my pocket at the time, but it, you know, it doesn't even matter that I had a fifty-cent coin and that fifty cents was actually more convenient for me because then I wouldn't be left with a five-cent coin in my pocket that I could do nothing with. I wish you said you had to pay past it. <laughs> well you know the kicker is i get home and i was actually given bad advice it was the wrong size Uh no and there was a part of me going oh, well, that was back. a waste of money <laughs> <laughs> what was the guy's
1: reaction behind the counter disbelief
0: <laughs> really no no it wasn't like i, I was like, uh it's just the uh that's fine and then, like, But I was very begrudging about having to give him this 50 cents. Did you at any point apologize? For what? Just like, Sorry, man. It's like, not my fucking fault that the business ran <laughs> into the ground. I'm just taking advantage.
1: The fact that he got home,
0: well, that was a fucking waste of 25 I cents. I was so <laughs> shattered. Um, there was another store that went out of business in the shopping center that had, uh, like, the David Attenborough's- Which um, one? The ABC bookstores closed down. Yeah, a little while ago. It's a shame. Um, And like I was keeping my eye on a few DVDs there, and I was, I could, I knew that they were going to get cheaper. (laughs) So there was like twenty to forty percent off, and it went to sixty percent. I'm like, not yet, not yet, (laughs) not yet. And then it dropped. And on the day that it dropped, I just got smashed at work. Like not that, not drunk, but like I was really, really busy at work, and I didn't get time on that day to go buy it. And that was the day that they sold. I was so upset. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, man. I can just imagine it, too.
0: It's like trying to play the stocks when someone's going out of business. You don't <laughs> want to get in too early. Have we mentioned on the
1: podcast before that your sauce scenario? I think we have. My sauce scenario? Where you, where you claim that you're not cheap, that you have the expensive sauce bottle. You've obviously bought-
0: oh, oh. no. Yes. No. Yes. This, isn't, this has nothing to do with not being cheap. This is just time-saving. No, no, no. I have a big bottle of emergency sauce that I pour into a smaller bottle of sauce when I run out of the smaller bottle. Okay, so the small bottle
1: is like Rosella or something. It's it's a top brand sauce. Yeah. But the tub that he fills it with is
0: home brand tomato sauce. There's no difference... That's nothing to do with cost. If you open my cupboard and see the amount of condiments, uh, the, the the amount of like maple syrup in glasses, not maple syrup extract or not some imitation crap, like I, I get something that's flown from Canada. It's like $30 a bottle for that. I am not cheap on sauce. Then why do you fuck your guests over with the tomato sauce, man? I don't it's <laughs> just because... I noticed that it
1: didn't quite taste quite resellish. A lot of the
0: time, those bottles, they just go and you don't realise. You need a backup.
1: When I squirt it on the chips... I taste it. Text Nicola. Is I don't that, think, do you think they even up with this make... Sauce? Like, yeah, it doesn't quite
0: taste like Rosella, does it? I don't it? think they like, even make the big ones. Like, the, I don't think they make the then good ones in big ones bottles. Then buy small ones every time. Don't fuck us over. But make then I'll run you... out. Do you, what would you prefer to have? Some cheap sauce or no sauce? No
1: sauce. Well, Because at least what... you're a man enough to admit that you can't afford it. You and I have <laughs> different principles, Dan, <Andrew. laughs> So that is my two cents for this week. If you have a my two cents story, as we say, please send it through to mailbag at au. It's become a favourite part of the whole show.
0: I didn't know it was going to become an attack section. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we've mentioned that story in the podcast before anyway. If you have any other questions or any other just funny Simpsons-related stories, send them through, mailbag at au. Now, anything else we need to mention, Mitch, before we do the wrap-up? I know last episode I started wrapping up too early and you nearly bit my head off.
0: Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> Not as much as when I questioned whether or not you'd seen uh, Being John Malkovich, which apparently- very, Yes. Very close to got- Yes. <laughs> Aware of all Spike Lee's- uh, Spike Jones's work. Fuck like Spike Lee, that'd be a different film. Yeah. No, I was just, I'm thinking, Spike Lee, really? Uh, no, I do need to- um, This is a really, really long email that came through, so I'm going to try and truncate it a little bit. I think I know the one you're talking about. It came through from a gentleman named Nick. Yes. Yes. Uh, G'day, men. I feel I should respond to an email that I'd heard, th- and this is why I want to read it because I'd read out the first one last week's, and I feel like if I don't read this now, it's going to be too long before it's answered. Uh, so I wanted to respond to an email that I heard in your latest majestic episode, Saturdays of Thunder. Why don't I don't get described as being majestic often enough.
1: I feel like I was down in the last one. I noticed it wasn't
0: very uplifting to listen to. I was just sort of—I mm. was just there. You, Not were, enough you, sauce. You—you you were good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I often am. In which uh, the correspondent one, Alex Finlayson. Uh, I, <laughs> which, I love. Sorry. There's a postscript to Alex Finlayson from uh, from last week's from Saturdays of Thunder. Um, Alex, it turns out, is a teacher, and it turns out there there are people at his school that, unbeknownst to him, also listen to our podcast. So he's walked into school that day. He's got Ah, Mister Finlayson. <laughs> <laughs> But before, he'd
1: listened, so he didn't know why they were doing it. Made it made me feel so great knowing that his kids even listened. Yeah. Or not, his students, I should say. Yeah, listen. but like,
0: yeah, so everyone's calling him Finlayson, and he <laughs> had no idea why, That then he finally listened to our podcast. It was like, ah! No, no, he, he probably was like,
1: hey, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I hope so.
0: <laughs> but still, I just, I love, and it, it, yeah, his response was, and that's pretty much my name changed forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Mr Alex Finlayson claimed that I was his best mate, best man, and more importantly, best podcast recommender in getting him to listen to your glorious production. Uh, he claimed that I made a Simpsons reference in his best man speech true, and that we spent ridiculous amount of time watching The Simpsons, also true. He does feel the need to clarify a few things though. Uh, the reports of poor hygiene and excessive alcohol consumption at uni in, New- in York 15 years ago uh, don't ring any bells. In fact, the whole period seems a bit of a blur. He blames any misdemeanors on a scapegoat or sacrificial. Land. We did live together and certainly did watch an awful lot of Simpsons episodes. This is starting to feel like point-counterpoint. Like, he's coming with, like, you've said this. No, I've... No, it's like, it's, it's like Judge Judy. <laughs> at the end, I have to decide which of these two people is telling the truth or not, and then award one of them a petty sum of money. Um, oh, I, there was one thing that I did screw up. I got the... Uh, there's a boy uh, that we mentioned a child at some point in last week's episode. Might have been a Rory. So, we mentioned little Rory, who is actually Nick's son, not Finlay son's son. Uh, but it sounded; so it was just so much fun to say. Finlay's son, uh, who is a mere nine weeks old, therefore probably not a fan. However, he detects a definite glint in his eye whenever when we read his name out on the podcast. So really? on that basis, I'm planning on giving him a few more months until I start him on season one. But in the meantime, we do have the single best baby gift ever. <laughs> I do love this baby on board something something Bert Ward as a car sticker <laughs> that <they've>, um, <laughs> thanks to Aunt Sophie who. He's working to become uh, our next listener. So basically, Nick is out there sourcing new listeners for us, and this is why we said at the beginning: if you like our show, make sure other people like our show. Just get it out there. We'll not pay you a referrer's fee, but we'll think about it. But anyway, so thank you very much for writing in there, Nick. Nick did sign off with uh, uh, a quote, but my phone just died, so uh, it, it, <laughs> make it, it up was, there. What was what it? It was it? Um, uh, "Every rose has a thorn." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, when the when the wind. Uh, when the wind blows softly through the trees It will always whisper fin You gotta know when to hold them <laughs> Which At least I kept my quote Simpsons related
1: <laughs> <laughs> So as we said Thanks for listening to our review of Flaming Mose Make Looking sure you check to out C- continue with your Brian items. Keep keep doing your outro. Um, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Four Discount. assuming Listen. if you're listening, you already liked us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram what at Four Finger Discount, at Four Finger Pod on Twitter. Rate and me. review us in the iTunes store. Every rate and review makes us boost up in the bam, rankings. Bam, 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 if you want to donate to the show, we do appreciate it. that's fourfingerdiscount.com.au.
0: Four slash donate. Mitch, any final words? Played it till my fingers bled bom, bom. Was a summer of 69 Continue I'm done <laughs> that's, that's...
1: See you guys later <laughs> Shh.